The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to talk about B2B SEO. Joining us is Brad Smith, who is the founder and CEO of both Codeless and Wordable. Wordable is a content management tool that allows you to instantly export content to any website in seconds, in bulk, in whatever format you please. And Codeless is a content production company whose content has been highlighted by the New York Times, Business Insider, The Next Web, and thousands of other publications. And today, Brad and I are going to talk about how to create your own ROI-driven B2B content strategy. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, on with the show. Here's my conversation with Brad Smith, CEO of Codeless and Wordable. Brad, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me, Benjamin. Looking forward to it. Excited to have you back on the show. It's been about a year since we've chatted. And I think the most notable thing is A, you've moved and B, you're the CEO of a second company. So you've been busy. Tell us a little bit about what you've been up to. Uh, what have I been up to? I, I, we moved to Hawaii which is great. The biggest downside is you got to wake up early for phone calls, but you can't really complain when you're living here. So it's not a bad sunrise to catch. No, no. Everything just looks better here too. Like it smells better here. The rainbows are better here. It's just uh, it's a peaceful place. Other than that, I unfortunately don't get to see as much of that as I should because I spend all day inside in front of a computer running Wordable, as you said, and, and Codeless. So thankfully, Codeless, the agency has been around for a while. We have a great team. It's always funny or not funny when, you know, the stuff that makes you money just works and runs itself. And then uh, it's all the stuff that doesn't make money that you got to spend all your time on. So that's where we're at with Wordable now is kind of relaunching it, rebuilding it, all that fun stuff. So tell me a little bit about Wordable. I know that you mentioned Codeless is the agency. You're doing content production, primarily focused on B2B. 
Wordable is a, a seems like a CMS integration. Uh, tell us a little bit about that product. Kinda, yeah, definitely. So under Codeless, we do something like 300 foreign articles a month. That's a lot, as you can imagine. We have to manually export, optimize, publish content for all a bunch of different clients. We were a customer of Wordable, and I always thought it was a great kind of like version one app that I think should or could do a lot more in an ideal world. So essentially, what we do is Wordable allows you to pull in Google Docs and and soon any other form, file formats. Wherever you write, wherever you work with writers, editors, whatever, anywhere you're creating content, and then essentially automate the whole publishing process of moving it into somewhere else like WordPress, BigCommerce, Shopify, whatever. And then also apply a lot of the optimizations that people should be doing, but they don't always. So things like opening links in a new tab to help keep people on your site, compressing images to make sure they load faster, all that fun, like nerdy SEO-y stuff that again, people should be doing a lot of. But if you're doing the stuff at any high volume, or if you're doing it for a bunch of different clients, it's a pain in the ass and it takes a long time. And that's where people usually cut corners and then they don't understand why their content or SEO isn't performing as well as it should be. So we're hoping to kind of automate all that stuff for people. I've worked a lot on this content publishing problem that you mentioned. We recently relaunched the MarTech podcast website, my other podcast. And we have a feed from Monday.com, which is our production management service. So whatever we end up inputting in Monday automatically gets fed into a WordPress page, but we have to upload a bunch of different docs. I wish I had known about Wordable in advance, which brings me into the topic for today, which is content strategy. When you're thinking about doing something like a migration, when you're building a new website, when you're just looking at your beginning of the year plan, how do you think about B2B content strategies, something we're thinking about a lot for the MarTech podcast, but making sure that you're being ROI driven? What's your advice? For sure. Yeah, it's really challenging. And it's also a good segue, actually, because Monday.com is one of our, our clients in our code list. So we've done a lot of content for them. It's really hard for B2B because you can't just... It's a longer sales cycle, number one. Number two, there's there's less of a direct conversion event. So for example, for like a software company, you could write about topic XYZ, and someone's going to read that, and then someone's going to opt in or do a trial or something else right after that, because it's a very narrow, like very low hurdle or low bar to jump over. For B2B, it's usually tougher because there's more people involved in a sale. It's usually more of a complex sale. And so we do really think of it as a couple things, a classic marketing funnel. So top, middle, bottom, where are we doing content and why? For example, stuff like case study content, stuff like customer interviews, all that stuff's going to be really good for like middle-ish of the funnel. Bottom of the funnel could also include like comparisons. So we might do monday.com versus Asana or monday.com versus ClickUp would be another example of that. To be able to show not just from a trite example of like, oh, well, this tool is better because, because we say it is, but really talking to educated consumers who are going to do that research and who do want to see more of like a side-by-side -side comparison and understand who's better and why for their circumstance. So I, th I think it's, it's a little more challenging for B2B because again, there's, it's usually like a layered multi-step approach if that makes any sense. I think that, you know, when I put my digital marketing hat on, not just my SEO and content marketing hat on, a couple things that you said stick out, which is long sales cycle. And you never really know where someone is in that sales cycle, whether you're building awareness, whether they're in consideration but what really matters is when they get to the bottom of your funnel, when they are actually in market, do they have awareness? Would they consider your product? When you're thinking about your SEO content strategy, what are you doing to prepare for when someone is raising their hand saying, I'm in market, I'm ready to go? 
Totally. Yeah. So we look for, there's a couple of things you can look for from a classic like keyword SEO perspective. The phrasing of different things is usually uh, super helpful. So a perfect example of this would be in like an affiliate space. If you think of that, the highest converting terms are usually like best XYZ. So like best project management tool, best project management tool for small business. Like one step removed from that are like this project management tool versus this project management tool. So like two brands like versus each other project management tool or brand alternatives. So what I'm trying to say is like you, you usually look for very specific keywords and very specific phrasing of how people are looking for something to kind of indicate whether there's any commercial intent behind it. So that's kind of like step number one. Is there a commercial intent behind this? And if so, that style of content is going to be very different from more of like an education-based query or something that's information-based. So for instance, like how do I manage new sales leads? So leading people into like a sales CRM or using a project manager. So things like that tend to be a little more top of the funnel. There's no information or excuse me, it's more information based, no commercial intent behind it. Right. What I'm hearing is when someone is in the research phase, you're really building awareness, trying to build consideration. Hey, how do I solve this problem? Well, our company believes that this is the right approach and we're going to build content that talks about what the company does, how the tools and products and services can apply to the problems that you might have. When someone is showing commercial intent, to me, that sounds like product comparisons, best in class. That seems more like consideration keywords. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Then there's the question of ready to buy, in market looking for a product, not just looking at consideration, but what's the best deal on product management software or what's pricing? It seems like there are some like actively buying keywords that's another level. Do you create content for those as well? Yes. And the reason being, especially in the B2B space, pricing is opaque and everyone has a different way to come about it. And so a perfect example of this could be like HubSpot, for example, I think lists their pricing on their website and it's fairly self-explanatory or, or transparent. The more you move into services, the less that's the less that's the case. So if you're talking about something like SEO services, what is fair pricing in SEO services? You could ask 10 different people and get 10 different answers. 
So I, I think the important thing is to figure out how do we communicate this uh, in a way, something like pricing, in a way that A, still honors like the company's ultimate strategy for how maybe they do value-based pricing or whatever. Like, how do we not give away like too much information? But how do we like give the customer or the person searching for this enough concrete information to lead them to the next step, which is usually like booking a sales demo or something like that. And so a perfect example here is that like under Codeless, we price stuff fairly transparently on our website and everything else. But one of the things that we find is that people usually close within 30 days. And that's not because we're amazing at sales. It's because they're kind of like pre-sold by the time they reach out to us. So by the time they get to like a discovery call, a lot of those questions, a lot of those issues, potential objections have kind of been answered through content and other things and case studies. And that's the challenge is how do you do that to kind of like filter out the sales ready people so you're not wasting a bunch of time when it comes to like the handoff to like a sales team. So I guess the question here is, all right, you've got awareness based content, somebody's doing research, you've got some product content and comparison content, you've got pricing content, that's really your bottom of funnel. How do you optimize for ROI? How do you make sure that you're actually getting people to matriculate through the funnel and that you're driving conversions? Sounds like you're doing a great job of this at Codeless. They're already pre-sold before they get to the discovery call. What's the secret sauce there? <laughs> uh, the secret sauce is there is no secret. No, I wish there was. Um, it's a couple things. So there's one obvious caveat here, which is <laughs> That was like, a hilarious sh- answer. No, yeah, there's yeah. no secret sauce. Well, <laughs> okay, I wish I knew. All right, there's a couple things. Spill the beans, Brad. Tell us the secrets. Okay. So one like huge obvious area, there's things like retargeting you should be doing. There's things like email funnels you should be doing. There are other things involved in this. Maybe it's like a webinar or event. There's other things you should be doing above and beyond just like what we're talking about is like SEO focused content primarily. So there's other things in the background that should be happening that you should be doing that are kind of obvious to most people. So I don't want to like breeze over that stuff. But when it comes to like the actual SEO focused content, one of the things that I think is really important and I like to stress is like measure twice, cut once. So in other words, you should be picking and choosing keywords that you can win and that you know have some intent behind driving people into your product or service. And again, that sounds obvious, but it's one of those things that most people don't do. And that if we look at a keyword or analyzing a keyword, especially like a competitive one, if looking at the competition, looking at their style of content, looking at the number of like root domains and links they have, like if we don't think we can be in the top three of this keyword, then we're just not going to do it because it's probably, or we're not going to do it right now because it means that it's going to take way too long for us to actually get an ROI on that keyword or on that piece of content. So in other words, this conversation changes if it's a huge company or if it's a huge site like money.com versus what a brand new startup can do versus what our agency can rank for. So I think that's an important kind of clarification to state up front is that if you're expecting to drive ROI from content and from SEO, don't bring a, a knife to a gunfight. Like make sure that you can get into one, two, three within, let's say, three to six months based on a number of different factors which we can get into. Otherwise, you're going to be wasting your time. It's going to be an uphill battle that might take you know years to unseat some of that competition and, and get up there. Yeah, you know, I'm hearing two things. Driving your ROI is not only a question of understanding where you can be competitive. There's a little nuance there, which also understanding who you're targeting, right? Making sure that when you're doing your keyword analysis and you're starting at the top of your funnel, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you're broadly creating content that is not targeted to specific keywords, you're probably not going to get great results. 
And if you're focusing on keywords that you just can't compete in, you're never going to get visibility. So you got to think about not only who you're targeting with your keyword searches, but also do you have the ability to rank for them as well? Totally. Yeah, there's so many things, there's so many factors into it. Like another example, we we bought Wordable, the site traffic was trending down to let's say like 5,000 visits a month, relatively low. In the last year, I think we're up at over like 40, 50,000 visits a month now. Part of that is because we did a lot of top of the funnel content around stuff that was already working and we we figured, like that's what we do, so we're we're good at it. Part of that also is just increasing the top of the funnel in terms of number of like potential people coming into the, the gates. But then we have to do other things and other more nuanced style of pieces of content to marketing teams specifically, agencies, because we want to start bringing in bigger customers. And that's going to be a much smaller number that drives through that bottom of the funnel. And so we need to have other things like retargeting going on and, and everything else. So it's, it's kind of like a multi-pronged approach where it's like, we're going to do this top of the funnel content over here to drive a lot more traffic, get the site bigger, that's going to help us go back and rank for really competitive keywords that might be a lot lower volume, but it's going to help us reach the right type of people who are going to come in and hopefully pay a lot more money and lifetime value is going to be a lot bigger and, and all that other fun stuff. Increase your reach, cast a wider net, make sure that you can rank for the things that you're working on, understand how you're going to get people through your funnel using content And then also make sure that you're not only using SEO, but all of your other marketing channels, your email marketing, your nurture event, uh, webinar content, and also your retargeting as well. That's the secret sauce, according to Brad Smith, in my words. You just have to do everything. It's not that hard. You just have to do everything right all the time and make it all line up properly. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brad Smith, CEO of Codeless and Wordable. Join us again tomorrow when Brad and I continue our conversation talking about the framework for producing SERP-topping viral B2B content. In the meantime, we'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Brad, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can visit his websites, which are getcodeless.com, G-E-T-C-O-D-E-L-E-S-S.com, or wordable.io, that's W-O-R-D-A-B-L-E.io. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. 
You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Oh,